Welcome to Well That Was Weird, the podcast, spooky edition, where two metalheads discuss horror movies, science fiction movies, we tear them apart, we make fun of them. My name is Isaiah, and my Kickstarter has just begun for my erotic film, Count Dongula's Castle. And I'm Chance, and remember, you can drink a drink, but you can't food a food. Mm, I think you can. <laughs> How? Put it on your butt. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did this suddenly turn all fetishy? It, it, well, there was a lot of butt talk in that last episode. I think I'm still coming off that. <laughs> You're still coming off the, the high of talking about the dude giving unwanted prostate exam. Yeah. <laughs> and butthole diddling. I almost turned my intro into like a... Um, uh, <laughs> Was it the Castlevania? I was gonna call it like Castle Bangula. I, I liked what you said though. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Dongula's Castle. <laughs> oh shit! Um, uh, welcome to our second movie review for this Spooktober. <laughs> Trimmers. <laughs> Trimmers. <laughs> Um, was, I don't know uh, about you guys, but I fucking loved this movie as a kid. I, I, yeah, same. I've watched this movie so many times, and that that was actually like I thought it was going to be more difficult because last week we watched Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows. That was a complete disaster. Uh, mm-hmm. But going into this, I'm like, well, I don't know if there's a whole lot I can say since I love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I honestly, I also enjoyed the. Trimmers two and three. I didn't watch anything past that, but I didn't watch three. I watched the second one. I think three was the one with the the ass blasters. <laughs> That's what they call them because <laughs> they can like they evolve to be able to fly. Oh well, apparently I need to watch the third one then. Yeah, it's pretty dope. <laughs> ass blasters. I love how the dude who played Bert just became this huge personality about the movie. Yeah, like he he's was, the star in all the movies now. <laughs> yeah, he's the only recurring character in every film. And he was, uh, I didn't know this until I read the like Wikipedia on it. Um, apparently there was a short-lived TV show where he was also the star. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, um, I just, and you would have never thought after watching the first movie that he would come out as being like, he's the one that goes to all the cons now. Yeah. Out of the whole cast, he's the one that goes to the cons and does shit he, about trimmers. And... I think he's pretty much built his entire career like out of this movie. I don't yeah. know if he's had much after. Like, I, don't, I mean, has he really done anything? I don't. What is was Michael Gross? Is Michael his name? Gross. Uh, uh, let's see. Ah, oh, shit. No, not her. Oh no, he played Stephen Keaton in the sitcom Family Ties from eighty-two to eighty-nine. Oh. Well, hell, okay. That's what he's notable for playing, but also Bert yeah. <laughs> and Trimmer. Okay. Actually, he has quite a long filmography. Okay, I did not realize that. Yeah. It's and, all kind of yeah. 90s stuff. Um, dude, he was in Batman Beyond. What? Yeah. <laughs> he's a voice actor. <laughs> That's dope. Uh, okay. I love it. I love as it as it goes along. There's just so much direct to video shit. Oh yeah, it's mostly trimmers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. God. He, was in, he was in a lot of stuff. All right. I guess that 
Have That's we have you cool. seen the new Tremors? A Cold Day in Hell. No, is that the one or with Shrieker uh, Island? Or don't both of those have Jamie Kennedy in them? Probably. I don't because know because he quit doing anything worth <laughs> noting. It was like I'll do a Tremors movie. <laughs> a Cold Day in Hell. I want to see that one. Wait, hold on. Michael Gross was in an episode of Tim and Eric Awesome Show. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, he was on all sorts of stuff. Okay. Well, that's cool. God damn. And I, I, uh, I read too that they tried to get Kevin Bacon to come back multiple times in the ser- like in the sequels, but he just, for whatever reason, wouldn't do it. Really? Yeah. His his excuse for Tremors two was that he was, uh, what was that movie? Apollo thirteen. Yeah. I think yeah, he was filming that at the time of the second one, so he couldn't do it. Okay, I'd I'd rather take that one. That one was like a huge like <laughs> yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs> okay, I can understand that one. I was gonna be pissed at him for you know Yeah. But I think the rest of him he was just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> he passed. What Holy happened? shit, did you know the dude who played Bert in Tremors, Michael Gross, was also in Parks and Rec for one episode? Was he? Yeah, he Who played. He, play? he he was in the episode Summer Catalog, where Leslie gathered all the former Parks directors together uh, huh. for the picnic. Yeah, 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 and he was the dude who got fired for growing marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch that. I don't remember. He that. like he's a total hippie out of the out of the group. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it too. Well, it's it's awesome. funny because um, the guy that plays Earl, uh, one of the main two. You know, yeah. heroes of the film, Earl Bassett, uh, the actor that played him was Joe Dirt's dad. <laughs> That's right. And I, the whole movie, like rewatching it, it, I'm just like, I, I just see him with a mullet. Like, <laughs> his actual name is Freddie Joe Ward. Fred Ward. I didn't realize he was as old as he is, too. Jesus he's like, Christ. He's like Before 70s. acting, he spent three years in the Air Force. He was also a boxer and broke his nose three times and worked as a lumberjack in Alaska, a janitor, and a short order cook. Fred Ward? Yes. I mean, he looks like he, he looks kind of tough. <laughs> he looks like a tough guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know who he lumberjack looks like? Lumberjack in Alaska and a boxer? Uh, he looks like. Um... <laughs> oh God! What's this guy? The guy that plays the Punisher, the new one, uh, yeah, from Walking Dead. Like they look like they would be related. They just have that same yep. same face. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's let's get into Tremors. Tremors. Uh, so this uh, the the release date, uh, official release date for Tremors was January nineteenth, nineteen ninety. Um, so I wasn't even born yet. Uh, oh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, First one did pretty well. It had a budget of ten million dollars and made uh, box office made sixteen. So, so it it made a profit, but I'm sure it did less like less than it they were hoping it would have. Probably, yeah. Because I mean, there weren't any like m- were there other big creature films at the time? I don't think so. Not really. And they scored Reba McIntyre. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> She was huge. <laughs> she was huge then. That's that was, true. That was that's Reba's heyday, true. man. I mean, she's still obviously hugely famous, but 
that was when she just was absolutely killing it. And they were like, hey, I Reba. thought it was really <laughs> weird that she's in this random, like, you know, monster movie. You the- know her agent was probably like, this is going to skyrocket your career. And she's like, well, it's already doing pretty well, but I guess I could use a boost. And then it came out and she was probably like, I will never do anything like this again. <laughs> like, I just have a feeling she definitely regrets being in this movie. Um, You know, the one thing that I would regret if I was her is how big her fucking bangs were in this movie. <laughs> they, were, they were offensively <laughs> large. <laughs> I mean, like her bangs were larger than her head. I mean... <laughs> I have a note about Reba, but it's towards the end, so I'm going to hold it. <laughs> um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. So, uh, and like last week, we'll we'll just go chronologically. We'll, we'll work our way yeah. through the film, kind of talk about our notes. Um, so, I mean, from the very beginning of the movie, you're introduced to the two main characters, uh, and I, I didn't realize his full name. Uh, Kevin Bacon is Val. Uh, but his his name in the movie full name is Valentine McKee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is he like an outlaw? Earl Bassett <laughs> and Valentine McKee. Yeah. And they uh and of course watching this movie over and over as a kid, I still never picked up what the hell they even did until I, you know, watched it recently yep. a few times. But there uh this takes place in our in our state uh of Nevada. Uh, in what is it perfection perfection, perfection nevada Valley. with a with, have a population of 14 um, yeah but val and earl are handymen uh around the town they just kind of do the grunt work of everyone and do yep. whatever they'll get paid for uh but my first note <laughs> says intro of movie kevin bacon pees then picks his butt <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I would have to add to that. While that's happening, there's also sad harmonica noises. <laughs> I mean, what else can you ask out of a Kevin Bacon movie, uh, out of the intro of him just taking a piss off a cliff? <laughs> like, okay. Um, you know, and he starts, you know, he's the he's the first one up, and, you know, Earl's still asleep in the bed of the truck or yeah. whatever. And then he tricks him with that whole stampede thing. <laughs> um, I fucking refuse to believe that an actual cattle stampede would feel like the truck bouncing up and down. Yeah, I think you would feel rumble, but I don't think the entire truck. But of course, he was asleep. You know, like maybe that's true. Kind of, kind of jarred him up. Um, that's true. Um, you know, one of the you know, since we're talking about the whole intro of the movie, you know, they kind of go, they they finally both get up and then they're going to, you know, have their cigarettes. And I have to wonder they're they do this whole huge, like 30 second long pantomime of looking for cigarettes. Yeah. They do it multiple times through the movie. So I give them credit on the continuity of <laughs> every time they need smokes they're They have to pat every pocket they have. <laughs> but I was wondering why did they have so many empty packs of cigarettes in all of their pockets? <laughs> I mean, they literally pulled out and threw like six packs on the ground before they found the pack that had cigarettes in it. Well, as a former smoker, I never got that bad, but I know people that did. I just don't get it. Uh, I've never understood it. I don't know. 
<laughs> but, but in the in the intro, this is where we're also introduced to their uh, rock paper scissors style of uh, <laughs> resolving multiple issues throughout the movie like that's i i guess it sets up like these two guys are are pretty much best friends like they do everything they Mm -hmm. work together they live together in a half the time in the truck the other half in this small trailer which when the two seconds you get to see it does not look big enough to have a shower but somehow they they come out like they just both got out of the shower (laughs) (laughs) it's like okay whatever uh, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, but you're you're shown the the rock paper scissors thing, which comes into play multiple times. Yeah, uh, into the movie. I mean, um, I kind of felt like the movie did that a lot with a lot of things, like they, you know, along with the rock paper scissors thing, they constantly, you know, drug out the joke about pardon my French around Rhonda. Yeah, pardon pardon my French. Um, Rock, paper, scissors, the cigarette thing again. They're constantly yep. looking for the one lighter that they have because they can't, yep. for whatever reason, they can't have two lighters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know why they can't have two fucking lighters because they say early on in the movie, like after they kind of get up and they're trying to figure out what they're supposed to do today, they have $3 to share between them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does he say? He's like, how much is he paying us to do trash or whatever? And he's like, oh, 50 bucks. And he's like, yeah, that's 47 that we don't have. And I was like, these dudes only have $3 between them? <laughs> well, when you finally get to see the uh, like the snake uh, that attaches itself to the truck, Walker yeah. wants to buy it off of them. Like how quick they are to be like, we'll sell it to you for 15 bucks. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like- I would have been like at least a couple hundred dollars. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like that's how desperate these guys are. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're haggling with this dude for like 15 bucks. Yeah. And what I don't get is like, so the, the, a good chunk of the, you know, first what 20 to 30 minutes of the movie is them. You're getting to know them and they, they talk about their struggle of wanting to leave perfection. Yeah. And, I'm just like, dude, if you're that desperate, you you guys should have got out a long time ago. Like if go get work somewhere where there's more than 14 people in an entire town. Like yeah. what exactly is holding you here? They, well, don't yeah. have, they don't have family. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of wondering the exact same thing, you know, and one of the things that I was thinking about as I was watching this whole, you know, intro with with everything you know going on is you know they're they're complaining they're, you know you're, you're they're introducing the characters these guys are complaining about not having shit to do meanwhile there's just like you know random signs of things going wrong you know like yeah. a typical horror movie right but i was thinking you know with the movie cover if you didn't put the little monster on the cover and you just said like kevin bacon trimmers and it was just them standing in a desert. You have no, you would have no idea this is a monster movie for like the first fifteen to twenty minutes. It could no. just be about a random earthquake that wipes out this valley. Well, exactly. Let's talk about that cover. Uh, if you look at the cover and the monster that they've put on it, it is nothing at all what the graboid looks like in the film. No, nope. the nope. one on the cover has two giant jaws with like dog-like teeth 
mm-hmm. sharp teeth. Nothing. The, the trimmer or graboid or whatever doesn't have teeth. <laughs> it has like giant pincer things and then the snake heads that come out of its mouth. So it, it almost, well, if you was look a at it, lie. yeah, if you look at it sideways, it kind of looks like a T-Rex. Like if mm-hmm. you turn your head and look at the cover, it's basically a T-Rex. So yeah, coming coming out of that intro after these guys wake up, uh, I have a yeah. note talking about they're so they're driving along and there's at this point they're still trying to introduce they haven't introduced everybody just yet but uh, yeah. you get to meet Rhonda the college the, the, yeah the scientist. grad student yeah the grad student but how quick Kevin Bacon pulls their truck off the road and goes through the desert in hopes that she's a like she's a babe yeah <laughs> like uh, I, I wrote kb wildly drives through desert in hopes of finding a babe <laughs> well he's, he's going through the list he's like she better be blonde hopefully she has like huge boobs yeah you know i was thinking the same i was thinking the same thing but i was also thinking like these dudes have clearly been sleeping in their truck <laughs> outside not showering or brushing their teeth for multiple days. That is not the first impression you want to make if she is a babe. Yeah, no. I mean, did you, who was the, I don't remember the name. I didn't write it down, but the girl that he has pinned all over the truck. Tammy Lynn Baxter. Tammy Lynn Baxter, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Tammy Lynn Baxter. You know, and so he, he pulls off goes up to see this this girl Rhonda and she's got the you know typical like white person sunscreen on the nose thing. Yeah, she's like they set her up to look real dorky. Yeah. But it's really funny cuz after they have their whole little like conversation where they meet each other and all that, she says, "Sorry to bother you." Yeah, when they're leaving. <laughs> when they're leaving and I'm like, "No, that was horn dog fucking Val that took <laughs> off careening across the <laughs> desert to come see you." He bothered you. <laughs> you were in the middle of working. He took his pickup truck through the desert, like <laughs> scooted up next to you, knocking dirt everywhere. And then you're apologizing. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. But also the whole first bit of this movie is just kind of like a cut of some dialogue and something. And then them driving and it plays like Western music. Yeah. Every time and then it it's cuts some more away. dialogue and then driving. <laughs> It's always harmonica and like there I think there's a saxophone a couple times. <laughs> yeah, and it's like some boot scooting music too. <laughs> <laughs> because they, they have to really hammer in the fact that you're in the desert. Like this is the nineties. <laughs> yeah. I put I put every time this music come comes on, it makes me want to do some boot scooting. <laughs> <laughs> boot scooting doozy, dude. Uh, so I told you before we recorded, I had a fun fact. Um, yeah. The actress that plays Rhonda, uh, her name okay. is Finn Carter. She was mm. arrested in Las Vegas <laughs> last year <laughs> on, a, on a stolen vehicle charge. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look up her mugshot, she is looking rough. Oh, my God. Uh Time was not kind to this lady. Now I gotta find her. She wasn't really in much, was she? 
Um, I think she has she a very had, short filmography. She had, if you look at her IMDb page, there's a few on there. I think she was just like a background character. Interesting. Oh yeah. God, her mugshot. Yeah, Jesus. I'm telling you, not great. She looks that <laughs> looks. She looks like that lady that would just have piles and piles of cigarette butts in her car. She definitely looks like she smells like old cigarettes and. <laughs> She, no offense, but she, you know, the lady that like, I'm thinking of like the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Like she's yeah. probably got like a tight t-shirt with very short sleeves, not sleeveless, just very short. Um, mm-hmm. Those oddly bleached, but kind of bedazzled jeans. And then the white Walmart sketchers, you know, like the <laughs> kind of thicker. Like, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, I love when we generalize. Yeah. I feel it's like it's just so true. Yeah, I feel like we we kind of hit it on the head in most cases. Oh, yeah, you it's a that's entirely true. So after uh after Val and Earl uh leave and Rhonda apologizes for some weird reason, uh she's getting in her truck and I I'm curious because at this point, when you start to unravel everything, uh, some people have already been killed uh, unbeknownst to the main characters of the movie. However, when they leave, they've obviously been like stirring up noise, driving through the desert and rocking all Mm -hmm. over the place. Um, The, it shows you the camera perspective from the graboid as it like goes to reach for Rhonda. She's getting in her truck, but why doesn't it chase her? Like, as aggressive as this thing is, it's just going to kind of come up and, like, take a bite and then just leave her alone. Like, I I didn't really get that. Like, throughout the movie, it gets smarter and starts to learn. But I'm like, did did it just show up today? And it's just now. I wrote that. I said, you know, do these things just randomly show up? You know, later on she says that these things predate the fossil record, so they're a couple billion years old. Yeah, like have they just been what asleep? The fuck? Yeah, well, where are they? Where did they come from? What? I mean, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I don't understand it. I, all. I feel like in the later movies they start to like go back and kind of correct those plot holes, or you know, try to fill in those gaps. Yeah, uh, it just would have been nice to know. <laughs> like, yeah. Or give it, I mean, of, of course, not everything has to be answered, but it just yeah. didn't make sense um, to me. I want to talk about, I just, I want to talk about all the deaths, the death scenes in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just, I actually think they're pretty good. Uh, I really don't, I don't really have a problem with any of them, other than the fact that the very first one they find is that dude, Edgar, up on the, the tower. Yeah, the homeless guy. Yeah, and my big question was, like, if you can recognize that dude from that far away, like, literally driving on the truck, they're like, that's old Ed, that's old Edgar. Yeah. Like, way up there, like, how the fuck could they not tell he's dead if you can recognize him <laughs> yeah. from that far away? Well, Why he... did Kevin Bacon have to climb all the way up to, like, five feet away from him and be like, oh, shit, he's dead? Yeah, I, I actually had a note about that. Um, I put Kevin Bacon... Uh... So what did he expect if Edgar was alive? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like he's climbing up this huge tower 
And he's like, I'll drag his ass down myself. I'm like, do you really think you're going to like fireman carry this old man off of this tower? Like, what do you, yeah. do you think he's just asleep? <laughs> like, cause they, he calls it out specifically. He's like, oh, that's old Edgar. And I think Earl's like, well, how the hell do you know? And he's like, yeah, he wears one jacket. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like he wears the same jacket every day. So they're like, it's got to be him. By the way, the actor who played um, old Edgar, is, uh-huh. his real name is uh, Sunshine Parker. No way. Is he like a musician? <laughs> his actual name is Lloyd Olin Sunshine Parker. I gotta Google this guy. He was Emmett in Roadhouse. Oh, and hell yeah. Edgar Deems in Tremors. <laughs> he Dude. typically plays roles as either a bum or an old geezer. Oh, man. He died in 1999. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at that yeah, beard, I, though. Well, I had a question, too. You know, you mentioned, you know, like, what was he going to do with Edgar when he climbed up there, you know, even if he wasn't dead? Yeah. My question was, how the fuck did they get him off of that tower? <laughs> he was dead. Did they just pry him off and let him fall? <laughs> yeah, because at that point, he was probably dead for a few days. And mm-hmm. rigor mortis set in. Yep. So, like, yeah, like, you're right. Like, did they have to just yank him off you can't there? carry him down i mean you saw how precarious that shit was to climb up there yeah what, they just there's drop no him? way you could carry <laughs> that dude down they had to have dropped him off that fucking tower <laughs> they take him they take him to the doctor because they do they get they somehow get his corpse mm-hmm. off the tower take it to the local doctor and he's like well he died of dehydration i would just laugh so hard if they're like mm, blunt force trauma looks like from a fall <laughs> <laughs> they're like uh that was us so before before they find edgar like we were saying they, they've kind of had this discussion like mm-hmm. we want to get out of perfection we're, we're tired of being here yeah my i love that the turning point for them to finally be able to leave perfection be like you know what screw this town we're getting out is they're yep. doing septic duty and the line breaks and then they're just completely showered in shit. <laughs> yep. That's, that's the that's point. The breaking point. <laughs> that's the breaking point for them to be like, we're done. We're done with this. Yeah. Um, but I did have a question though. Um, earlier in the morning, they mentioned that they only had $3 between them. How the fuck are they packing up everything they own and moving to a new town with $3? I mean, living out of their truck like they're used to, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess. But, you know, I mean, that's acceptable out in the middle of Perfection Valley. You can live in your truck in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. But you go to a town, if you start living in your truck, people are going to be like, hey, man, you can't park here. <laughs> you get a, <laughs> so, get a fine, you know? So, and... And secondly, I did have kind of a question. There was only like 14 people that lived in this town. Is that what it said? Like population? Yeah, 14? Po- population was 14. I don't even think we're introduced to 14 people. No, I don't think so. But I had just a question, though, is what the fuck do any of these people do for money in this town? I, well, I had that same uh, note, but specifically for Bert, because it never yeah. talks about it. He just says that he's a survivalist, yet somehow yep. he's bought all this land he bought a compound where he has a wall of an outrageous amount of weapons um mm-hmm. which Fucking food and water for however many days yeah he year, said he had, five years yeah he had like years worth of rations and food and uh like water thousands of rounds of ammunition 
uh, elephant guns and like AR-15s and shit. He's got yep. Uzis, but it never explains what he did, like what he nope. does at all for. And nope. and I don't know if it ever does. I tried to look it up, and it said that they kind of hinted in later movies that he may have had like a military background. Um, mm. Like he was in some sort of like special ops or some shit, but never they never specifically say what it is. Uh, um, but in the I second, would buy it. Yeah, in the second movie, he shows up with like a military truck and a fucking like anti aircraft machine gun somehow. Like, how is he yep. getting this stuff? <laughs> and it I, never addresses it. No, it never does. It never does. It never addresses any of that shit. I mean, I can buy that maybe Bert was like an ex special forces or something because he makes pipe bombs in this movie. That's not something that anybody should know how to do. Yeah. <laughs> With common household chemicals, according to him. Yeah. Common household chemicals at the right proportion. <laughs> I mean, he knows how to make fucking pipe bombs. Yeah. So. <laughs> Now that uh, like Val and Earl have decided to leave uh, Perfection, they they get all their shit together and they start heading out of town. And that's when yep. they find uh, Edgar. All these, the string of dead bodies, basically. Yeah. So they, they find Edgar, take his body back to the doctor. And the doctor's like, yeah, dehydration. Yep. And they're like, oh, that's strange. Um, but now we're going to leave again. So at this point, they're they're trying to leave again. Yep. And that's when they come across uh, old Fred, old Fred, old Fred's <laughs> farm uh, where his cattle and like sheep and things sheep. have obviously been completely eviscerated. <laughs> yeah, they're just like fucking torn apart. <laughs> but my uh, my note for this scene was Kevin Bacon has the perfect reaction to finding a head <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> when they when they was it old Fred when they they find his animals yeah they like they're like apart. uh they're going in his house uh, yelling for him like hey fred old fred where are you at they find yeah. his hat and then when they move his hat it's just his horrified frozen face part of his <laughs> head in the dirt and kevin bacon goes what the shit <laughs> he's like i mean what the shit is going on <laughs> Yeah, and he throws the hat. Like he realizes he's holding the hat. <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly how people should react in that situation. <laughs> um, you know, like right at you know after that, they're like, oh shit, we really gotta leave now. And they go and and tell those dudes who are working on the road that there's a killer on the loose. Yeah, what exactly were those guys even working on? They were just just jackhammering the one road out of town like yeah i was kind of thinking like that there's only there's only one way in and out of this fucking valley and these dudes are working on it you'd think they would told people about it although i gotta say you know for for me as a kid you know kind of being into into horror movies you know as a kid you were always kind of trying to push the envelope for gore in horror movies yeah um this was the first movie i saw that showed brains (laughs) i i I noted that because um, when those when the construction guys, as soon as Val and Earl leave, mm-hmm. the construction guys get completely annihilated. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they find them later, and this is, I was like, wow, they actually like did really good detail. When you see the brains and like part of whatever's in that guy's hard hat, 
there's like yeah. a chunk of hair <laughs> still <Yeah>. attached. <laughs> like, <that's> yeah, gnarly. <laughs> yeah, I put brains in a hard hat. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's like just a string of gore and then the hard hat with brains. But then I, I didn't realize it until last night, like paused it. I'm like, huh, there's just chunks of hair like attached to whatever's left. Like that's that was pretty dope yep. actually. And they really liked that whole brains and a hard hat thing because we see it twice in the movie. Yeah, because apparently throughout the valley there's just random crews of maintenance people and like <laughs> <laughs> like state workers <laughs> doing whatever out there. Yeah. Um so I guess, you know, right after that we get to see the the doctor and his wife yeah. and their death. It's my favorite death in the movie. What are they out there? They're building a house out there? Yeah, they're building a house out there. And they were like unloading a bunch of shit out of the back of their station wagon. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it goes all dark and he's like pissed off thinking that the generator quit again. And he goes out there to find the generator and he's like, it's gone. (laughs) And there's just like, there's literally like a crater and then the cord goes down into the crater. And I'm like, well, it's not gone. It fucking sunk into the ground. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny is like the from the angle, if you watch the angle, they're sitting on the back of their station wagon and then yeah. the lights go out and he's like, ah, it's that damn generator. But I'm like, it was right in front of you. Like, you yeah, sh- he would have seen that. You should have seen it like dip <laughs> into the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he as he's walking along all of a sudden he just steps and like kind of sinks into this kind of like the the soil suddenly turns into quicksand basically it, it was funny to me because there was two different reactions going on because when they heard like the rumbling and then like the cord and they're like what the hell his wife immediately starts freaking out she's like i, I want to get out of here let's get yeah, out yeah like here. i want to get out <laughs> but he is casually walking and he's like you know there's probably some mines under here everything's falling <laughs> in and then boom he just gets sucked in he's like ah! <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps saying there's something happening here yeah <laughs> there's something happening here and he's like sinking <laughs> She tries to put that piece of wood over the hole. I'm like, okay, it's <laughs> actually like kind it of smacks her with it. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that was actually kind of a smart idea, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a, a quicksand type of thing. Uh, but then now he just gets annihilated and sucked down into it. And then she starts trying to dig for him, like yeah. after he disappears <laughs> under there. <laughs> what was funny to me is when she after she realizes that like, obviously he's gone, like she can't get him. She runs to the car, realizes that there's no keys. He had the keys. Yeah. He had the keys. So when the car starts dipping, because the, the graboid is, is taking the car underneath now. Yeah. It's just sinking it. She just starts hitting random like things on the dash, like the Mm -hmm. lights, the wipers, the horn, like is is this a video game? Like you think you're about to solve a puzzle? <laughs> like the cars just start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like at that point, just get out. Like you're better. You're better off just running. You know. Yeah, it's already distracted with the car. You're better off just running. Maybe climb on top of your trailer or something. <laughs> yeah, like I you, didn't. I didn't really get why she stayed in the car to be pulled all the way down. I, I know, like, it, and it, it pulled it backwards too. So you have yeah. a better chance of hopping out of the car. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really understand it, but it was I think it was my favorite death scene in the movie though. Yeah. Just the dude getting sucked down and then sucking the whole car down. Yeah, it's that one was 
that would have been scary too just because like the back windows are shattering like all that dirt is coming in on you you know yeah and then you know i mean so then after we see this whole death scene um you know val and earl are go back to you know to to their little town or whatever and they said oh yeah our, you know our their truck got all messed up or whatever happened oh cuz when they when they're trying to leave they they yeah they, re- they reported old fred being murdered they think it's a serial killer yeah so then they try to leave again and they run yep. into the, 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 the road that's out that was caused yeah. by the construction yeah. workers getting killed they yes yeah, so they they run into the the rock slide um and when they're trying to leave to turn their truck around the graboid has a hold of their like muffler or like one of the shocks i think on one the of the truck. axles like the back axle or something yeah and that's when they have their argument and he's like you're gonna bust an axle or you know you're caught on something he's like no i'm not and uh they get back to town to realize that he ripped off one of the <laughs> one yeah. of the tongues or whatever. Yeah. But my my thing is as wild and quick as he was to go off road with his truck, why didn't they just drive around it? Fuck, I don't know. Like I didn't really was, understand that either. Was there not <laughs> like a another way of just going around that mountain? Like as crazy as he's like, Yeah, let's take this truck off road in the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like they're not desperate enough to go around. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, so then after they, they run into the road that's closed, they realize they can't get, you can't get out of the town basically in a car. Yeah. So they go back to town and they decide, oh, we're going to ride out of here on horses. Yeah. So then they're packing up to leave, to, to leave on the horses. And Walter comes out and he brings them, he, he's talking to Earl and he's like, oh, hey, uh, here's some Swiss cheese and bullets. And he's handing them you know, some <laughs> shit. And I was like, okay, first of all, they're on a fucking horse. Like, what is Swiss cheese going to do for you? <laughs> like, the bullets I get. <laughs> but it's a little not snack, like you can keep dude. that Swiss cheese cold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like literally in two hours, you can't fucking eat it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cheese is going to get real gross pretty quick. <laughs> I was I was really concerned about that. That cheese lasted as long as the horses did. <laughs> and that was You're right. That was my note is uh horses last as long as you would expect. <laughs> <laughs> Not very long. And also I gotta say it it starts, you know, introducing the character Melvin, like the the teen the one token teenager in the Who town. Who doesn't have parents, apparently. Like, where are they at? He just lives in a trailer by himself. Well, I think he lives with Nestor. I want to say Nestor is like his guardian, Was but it? it's never really said. It's just implied. Yeah, because when Nestor dies, Melvin freaks out. He's like, oh, man, you got to do something. And Yeah, like, yeah. Even so I th- it's just kind of implied. Yeah. Um. But I, I got to say, though, Melvin, I, at least, what, twice or three times in this movie, he he plays like a prank on people. Yeah. Like, he starts out right after they bring that, like, dead tentacle thing into town. He starts screaming, and he's got it wrapped around him. And they all go running out there, and they're freaking out. And, you know, and then he's joking around with them. And, you know, after that stunt, I was really hoping he would be one <laughs> the one that would die. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Like I'm like okay, this dude needs to, this dude needs to get choked out by a tentacle now just because yeah. he was being an asshole. I, I mean, um, they they outright call him that kid an asshole the whole movie, which he is. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I completely agree. Um, so I guess next they go to leave, and this is when they first encounter the actual, the big-ass, like, graboid, right? Yeah. They leave on their horses. Yeah. And they're just cruising, and then it spooks the horses or something. Yeah, so the they're going through the desert trying to go find a way around, I guess, to try to go get help, and then the ground starts shaking, and the horses just start running in circles, basically. Um to and that's when like the snakes start coming out of the ground and then immediately the horses are grabbed like <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the horses go down in an instant and this is where you get to see uh you get to see the the full graboid for the first time yeah uh, but when it wraps one of the snakes around the horse val pulls his rifle out and yeah. is somehow able to just um, like hit it with dead on precision and mm-hmm. then as soon as the the big like the full worm comes out of the ground, he doesn't hit it once. <laughs> no. And he, he fires like every eight goddamn shots. shot. <laughs> he just starts winging off shots and it's just all hitting the dirt. I'm like, dude, this is 10 times bigger than the target you just hit. Like well, I I yeah, I even put that. I said he missed every goddamn shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now is not the time to be missing shots. But yeah, he missed every single goddamn shot, and and then of course, then they they go and they run away and they jump through and they it runs into the concrete and and dies, you know, and they pry it out to see the whole huge thing. Yeah, I really wish they would have described what those things smelled like because they kept talking about how how bad these things stink. Well, they went back and forth and they're like, "Dang, the the was it say they smell worse when they're alive than the dead ones or something?" Yeah. I really wanted nobody described it. They're like, no, this smells like sulfur or it smells like shit or, you know, I kind of wanted to know. Um, and this, I mean, this chase too, uh, when they start running away from the worm, this is the, yeah. when they, they try to jump that, I, what is yeah, it like, like a concrete? Dra- it's like a drainage gap or yeah. something. Uh, and the worm, barrels its way through the concrete wall killing itself basically yep uh and that kind of foreshadows the the end of the movie yeah um, with the whole stampede thing again um but r- right here uh as soon as they kill that first worm Rhonda shows up yep. just out of nowhere <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere it's like hey fellas and then she sees it freaks out and then they kind of get because she's a grad student and smarter than these guys, she kind of gives mm-hmm. them a little bit of backstory on like what it could be. But mm-hmm. my favorite scene is when Earl's talking to Rhonda and you hear Kevin Bacon and he's like, Hey, come here and check this out. I found the tail and it pans up and he's somehow dug up the entire worm. So you can see it's full body, but <laughs> he's like three minutes. He's dug it up in three minutes with a camping shovel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this thing's like what two two feet long. So he's just got a, a just a basic ass camping shovel and he's somehow dug like four feet into the ground all around this entire worm with it. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Make sense. And he did it in just that short amount of time that, that Earl and Rhonda were having that conversation. He gets this whole thing dug out and he's like, Hey, come check it out. I found the ass end. Yeah. And he's like picking up the ass, you know, like trying to carry it. 
No, I um, my notes after this part got kind of scattered, but what, I can't remember what happens next. Do they is that was the pole vaulting scene, right? Okay, so yes, um, they realize they need to you know run around. Uh, I don't know, like th- they need to get away from these things, so they go running towards her truck. They're like, "Oh, how far is your truck?" Because this and is they, when they realize that there's more. There's like there's three, three more. more. Yeah, three or four more of these things. Yeah. Rhonda figures it out based on her readings or whatever. And so then they're like, oh shit, we need to get out of here. So they go to head towards her truck. Um, But as they about get there, you know, these things come out of the ground. So they have to get onto the rocks. She realizes that they can't, they can't move through solid rock or whatever. Yeah. So they go and jump on the rocks and then they're, they're stuck there overnight because this thing won't leave them. And they realize, oh, that's how, <laughs> that's how Edgar died is <laughs> My quote for this part was from Earl, and it just says, we're stuck, and that pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that pisses me off. <laughs> so, you know, just the, they sleep their entire night on the rock. They check to see if that thing's still there, and yes, it is. And then, out of nowhere, she just goes like, oh, I have an idea. <laughs> and she goes, do you guys know how to pole vault? <laughs> Grabs those random wooden poles that just happen to be sitting out in the middle of the desert yeah, for some there's reason. There's nothing else around. These poles are just out here, clearly man made. But also, my question is do you really think these guys know how to fucking pole vault? <laughs> They're handymen in Perfection Valley with $3 between them. Of course, they don't know how to pole vault. <laughs> so when they, when they start pole vaulting, uh, did you take notice of the the actual people as they pole vault because no if you go back and look kevin bacon um his stunt clearly his stunt double they did not make a good attention to his hair because as wild as (laughs) kevin bacon's hair is in this movie there's a couple close up like not close close up but closer shots while they're pole vaulting and it's clearly his stunt double. They've just slapped a random mullet on this guy, and it is horrible because it's got like <laughs> you can tell they're just like, "Hey, somebody get a mullet wig," even though he doesn't necessarily have a mullet. But if you look, the wig has like feathered bangs on the front. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, now I've got to pull Dude, up the whole scene. It is so bad. Like, let me see if I can uh, find it, but. Okay, I'm pulling up the scene right now because I, I need to watch them do their pole vaulting. Watch his shadow as he does it. Okay. <laughs> it's, okay. It's so bad. Okay, look. All right, come on, Kevin Bacon. Let's do it. Okay, Earl, throw your cigarette down. He throws his cigarette down. Um, grabs a pole, and then he acts like he's just a Billy badass. Okay, here we go. Here's Earl going. He misses the first one. Yep. Okay. Oh my god. Dude, yeah, <laughs> Kevin Bacon's fucking hair, dude. <laughs> it's not even like the right hair. It's not. It's completely different. Okay. <laughs> it's not even the same color. <laughs> he has a big O like the dude who's playing him has like a big O like Jay Leno chin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even look like him. Oh, it's, it's kind of hilarious. It's so it's so bad. It's hilarious. 
yeah, it's not I mean, great. Oh my god, that was good. I'm glad you noticed that because I've <laughs> never noticed that before. Okay, so then right after the whole pole vaulting thing, though, they go and they pole vault into the back of this this girl's truck, and she's just going to dive through the window, basically, the back truck window, start the car and push the pedal with her hands yeah. to get away from these things. And as it shows, it cuts away with her literally, like, down with face to the floor, and the truck is literally steering and staying on the road. Yeah. <laughs> And then they they're completely distracted, not helping her at all. And then she asks, "Yeah, and she's like, like hey. guys, can you help me?'" <laughs> I'm like, "You should have just careened off of that fucking cliff or something." <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly. It's just in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, and it was like actually steering. You see it weaving back and forth, but staying on the road. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really, I didn't really buy that. Not, and, not one bit. And once they, once they get back to town, this is kind of when things start. To escalate. This is when it escalates. Yep. Yeah. The trimmers and, come to town. Yeah. <laughs> so they they kind of gather everybody up uh, in Walter's store, right? They're yep checking everything yeah, out, out in the store, kind of explaining like, hey, like we just saw the giant worm, like this. Yep. We're we're screwed. We got to get out of here. And that's when everybody yep. starts arguing. Um, and then the trimmers show up. Uh, and yep. also, kind of at the same time, well, they all get attacked, but then Bert goes home he's Mm -hmm. he's at his house or whatever uh but is this i can't remember uh this is where like people actually start dying like multiple people get picked off during the next 15 to 20 minutes or so right well yeah you get the you see the other two get this they're talking about the phone lines being out too and then it cuts to the scene of the phone people who were supposed to be working on the phone lines and then you see another hard hat filled with brains yeah (laughs) and then and then after that um you know melvin's fucking around again pisses everybody off the trimmers come down and wipe out val and earl's truck they like pop the tires on it basically yeah because they're they're getting smarter they're learning at this point yeah and then um of course, you know, then there's the whole thing with uh, it breaks up inside the store and eats Walter. Yeah. So he has that old like Pepsi freezer. Yep. And it makes all that noise. And it, it cuts on, makes all that noise. And then Val jumps on top of it. But then he's like, move it, move the machine. I'm like, maybe get off of it would make it a yeah. little bit easier <laughs> for yeah, people no to shit. move it. But I, I noticed and I don't know if it was just like bad editing or what, but when the thing, when the graboid comes up and comes up underneath Walter and gets him, it kind of grabs his leg first. Yep. And then when it cuts to him, his nose is bleeding. Yeah. Just (laughs) instantly. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Oh, that was probably like a different health issue that you should have gotten checked out. Yeah. (laughs) But it grabs Walter, his nose bleeds for whatever reason, and then it cuts back. And now at this point, he's just flailing back and forth in its mouth. <laughs> yeah. And it just completely eats him. Straight up, eat, straight up eats him, you know, takes care of him and all that. And then, of course, you know, shortly after this, they run outside because the trimmer's inside the store. Yeah. So then they're outside trying to figure out what the hell to do. Rhonda gets all t- 
tangled up in the barbed wire as she's running away. Yeah, and they have to. And she loses her pants. I I put you know well there's no token boobs in this movie but the only young attractive woman did take her pants off. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the they had to market it somehow so they were like all right no boobs but someone yeah speaking of that you know um apparently this movie was actually heavily censored really um because apparently uh you know it was it was originally set for a november 1989 release but it was released in you know we said in 1990 yeah um one of the things they had to fix was the original musical score for the film was unused there was a dude a composer named ernest troost who made the musical score and they didn't use it because they said it was too goofy and they hired a different composer to write a new score that was more serious and actiony but um the mpaa mpaa originally gave the film an r rating due to due to the language and the the creators decided at the last minute to make the film more commercially viable so over 20 uses of the word fuck were either cut or redubbed with softer words oh so like the last scene when kevin bacon says can you fly you sucker is it's flying out of the yeah (laughs) out of the like cliff it, it's actually, if you watch his lips, he's saying, can you fly, you motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> but they had to redub it? Yeah, but they redubbed it. There's a lot of really bad dubs in this movie, including We Killed That Mother Humper. Yeah, and you can tell like pretty easily that that was very out of place. Oh, yeah, it was so bad. But basically, they cut it down in order to give it a PG-13 rating. Huh. So that's why the film only has one F-bomb in it. And that's Kevin Bacon after he after the thing runs into the cement wall and he goes, Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one F bomb that we get. Um, you know, and then shortly after the, the the big worms attack the town, we get to see Bert and they're trying to warn Bert, you know, um, hey, these things are taking the town out from under us, you know, get get on your roofs, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Bert's like, I just don't understand what the hell you're talking about, Val. You know, and he's being fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, I got to say, though, about Bert and Heather's house, um, it is mostly basement. That basement is fucking huge. It's like the size of my living room and kitchen combined. <laughs> yeah, it's all underground. Yeah, and the top of the house is like the size of like a trailer house. Yeah, it's, it's tiny. It's, yeah, it, it looks like a like a bunker almost. The top of mm-hmm. it looks like an uncovered bunker, but then half of the, I mean, most of the house is underground. And then he's got his whole like compound surrounded by like razor wire and shit. It looks like a prison. <laughs> yeah, he he has the wall of exotic weaponry that he's somehow yeah. obtained. But yeah, they while everyone is being attacked down below. Uh, I don't even what's his wife's name? I don't even remember. Heather. Uh, Heather. Heather starts uh she throws her pack of ammunition into a an ammo tumbler, which yep. <laughs> causes the trimmers to immediately go to Bert's house and they try to warn him, but he's like, I don't I can't hear you. <laughs> they tell him and they say, They're under the ground, they're under the goddamn ground. And the first thing Bert and Heather do is look above the ground. Yeah, they look out the window. They're like, we, like don't we don't see, see it, Val. There's nothing coming for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they just told you they're under the ground. It's not that hard to understand. <laughs> what I although 
the scene where the where the the big ass graboid gets wiped out by Bert and Heather was pretty fucking kick ass. Yeah, though. hell yeah, dude. He's just <laughs> they're like throw, they're like throw me a mag. <laughs> he gets that he gets the the elephant gun or whatever and blows its brains yeah. out basically. But what yeah, I didn't get is if his basement like it's it's mostly like or it it is underground uh, for the most yeah. part. So those are some pretty thick walls. How did it easily punch through that, but couldn't go through the the, the drainage ditch? Like I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just the type of brick. I guess I'm not really. I I don't that know too much, but, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, that's when they blow it to bits, and then you hear them over the radio. We got that mother humper. <laughs> yeah, we got that mother humper. He's like, well, there are two more mother humpers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He tells them all that. So more shit goes down. They decide, you know, they can't take any vehicles, so they hop in the the cat, the big ass bulldozer. Yeah, their their idea is to get a bulldozer that hasn't run in like twenty years, uh, and yeah. then just hope that it fires up, which it does. I mean, I had a question that, you know, how the fuck is it going to have enough gas? Because they said they were going like nine miles to get to the the rocks, yeah, to the mountains. And I was wondering, like, how is it going to have enough gas? Also, it travels at, like, three miles an hour, about walking speed. Right. So it's literally going to take fucking forever to get out of this place. So that's their plan. They're going to drag this big-ass trailer, grab everybody, and leave. And, you know, one of the first things that I said, you know, is Bert comes out with fucking pipe bombs. <laughs> Which he's made at home. They, they show, for a second, they show Heather sawing off the tubing coming from whatever like exhaust pipe or something yeah uh but usually those are only like a foot long somehow they yep. have an entire bag of pipe they bombs like that 20 pipe bombs. <laughs> and he's just <laughs> just drilling caps and and making stuff out of household material yeah, i didn't i didn't ever get it um, and then also the first pipe bomb he throws, he just kind of casually tosses it over the side of that of that trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like three or four feet away. And I'm thinking like, if this was real life, all these people would be fucking dead. <laughs> the shrapnel and just all the beads and like explosives that he put in that thing. Like, it'd be pretty, pretty catastrophic. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, now we know how the movie kind of ends they they're cruising along the graboids dig a trap for them so uh i did uh going back rewinding just a little bit that was my uh, note about reba i put there's something oddly attractive about reba mcintyre making pipe bombs (laughs) 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 just a 90s southern woman making explosives that's awesome. Um, yeah, so, you know, there's really not much else to say about the ending of the movie. You know, you can't really pick it apart that much. Really. Yeah, it's kind of, we talked about this before we recorded, but starting about the midway point of the film afterwards, I mean, there's there really isn't a whole lot just because it's constant action. There's not a yeah. lot you can pick apart because I think they did a, a really good job of, no, I mean, obviously, like, you know exactly where they're heading. There's no kind of weird... Yep. They're not going anywhere weird. There's nothing to throw them off. Uh, I did note, though, when the trap gets set, 
for uh, when the when the graboids dig that trench in front of them and trap yeah. them so the the cat falls into it and they're all standing in the back of the the whatever it is the loader or whatever uh, they're just screaming at each other like you'd th- that's like, what I yeah I was wondering I was like there's no noise <laughs> yeah I, I'm I'm just wondering at this point do they think like okay they're smart enough they ought to, they already know we're here so there's no point or should we just yell at each other from a foot away and just make this as dramatic as possible because they're all just standing in this together like shoulder to shoulder and they're like we gotta come up with a plan <laughs> like you could just talk at a normal level that's <laughs> perfectly fine yeah i i didn't get i i didn't get that either i i wrote that down as well yeah i mean you know when it was all when the movie's all said and done though you know the the movie's over and and all that you know they're it shows them you know back in town val and earl have new tires on their truck they're getting ready to head out and they're gonna go um call national geographic and you know all these people in town and i just wrote i wrote down though like I thought the fucking road was out and the phones were down. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah, yeah. did they were they able to call somebody? <laughs> like did someone find out what was going like, on? You know, it basically says that they're supposed to be leaving to go tell people about what the hell happened here. Yeah. But I'm thinking, well, what happened to the road? Wasn't it out? Wasn't I mean, yeah, the where phone, are they going? The phones are still down. I'm I'm assuming and I'm just making it up in my head, but I would assume Earl had some sort of also he had these crazy radios and has a tower. Like, could he yeah. not have radioed someone earlier in the movie? I, I, like, I, I don't, have, I don't get it. Cause he's like, I'm on channel, whatever. Like, okay, obviously you have a powerful radio. Maybe use that to call for help. <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, well actually, cause I think Walter, doesn't he mention I think yeah, someone says that. Or something like yeah, that. yeah, okay, never mind. Because I think Kevin Bacon's like, well, why don't we just radio somebody? Uh, yeah, and yeah. I think Walter's like, yeah, it, it, we can't get it out of the valley or whatever. Like the mountains cut off the signal. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that was uh, that's about all I have to say about tremors. Yeah. I, mean, I actually they, enjoyed it. Uh, they used the pipe bombs at the end of the movie to blow one of them up and then they stampede the last one off the cliff. Yeah. Off the cliff and it explodes. Reminds yeah. me of a tomato. Yeah. I know. It just looks like, uh, like tomato soup. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it for trimmers. I, yeah, I still like the movie. I love it. Um, yeah. I, uh, like I said in the beginning, I also enjoyed the two and three. So those sequels were still fun. I need to watch uh, some of the more, some more of the sequels. Yeah. You know, I've only er, seen the second uh, one. Was it? Yeah. Earl's in the second one. So. Yeah. He comes back, but Val doesn't. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know exactly which movie we're going to watch next week, but I guess we'll figure it out. Yep. Um, we might be asking you guys for some suggestions. You know, which one should we watch next out of our list? Yeah, but, I think uh, I think my vote is either Maximum Overdrive or Jason X. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm down for it for sure. Um, well, yeah, um, I hope you guys enjoyed our, our review of Trimmers. Um, and yeah, I, I guess uh, we'll see you guys next week with 
our regular programming. Yeah, we'll have a regular episode and a new movie next Saturday. So, yes. Okay, I'm gonna get out of here. Bye. Bye.